Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. We are going to be talking about Death by Laura Thalassa. It is the final in her final book in her Four Horsemen series, which has been a fantastic series. Uh, it will be an After Dark episode. We will be talking about sex, so maybe some cursing, stuff like that. So monitor yourselves accordingly. I will start today with our characters and locations. We don't have that many, so that's pretty uh, easy. So there's Death. He's the last horseman of the apocalypse. As the last horseman, his duty is to essentially kill everyone left on Earth. He's been riding through cities in the U.S., and his mere presence is causing everyone in each city to die. He's also able to kill someone by thought or by touch. He is described as having massive black wings, black hair, and ancient eyes. He's also very muscular and has glowing runes all over his body. Then we have Lazarus. She is our main female lead. Uh, She got her name because she cannot die. Uh, She was found alive in a town that pestilence, uh, the first horseman, had decimated, and her adopted mother gave her the name of Lazarus. She is determined to save the human race, or at least slow death down. Then, he is a small child that Lazarus adopts as her own son when she finds him alive. And then we have the other horsemen. We have Pestilence. He was the very first one. He now goes by the name Victor. Then we have War. He was the second horseman. And finally, Famine, the third horseman. Uh, and our book, in terms of location, mainly takes place in a, a post-apocalyptic United States. They travel all the way from Georgia to California in this. So, Marissa, would you like to pick up with our plot? Sure. Our book opens on year 26 of the Horsemen. So the Horsemen came to Earth 26 years ago. And it starts out in Temple, Georgia. So our main character, Lazarus, is shopping at a local farmer's market for some apples. She's haggling over the price of the apples when all around her, people just drop dead. Everyone except her. And so she's confused. Uh, But as she gazes around the market, she spies the final horseman, Death, atop his dappled steed. Lazarus catches his attention as she's the only remaining living thing still standing. And now it's his turn to be confused. How is she still alive? And worse, Death is so drawn to her, his instincts demand that he take her, that she is his, and he is repulsed. Because this is the same thing that happened to his brothers, the other horsemen, and deterred them from their mission to end humanity. So disgusted and hostile, he flees, and Lazarus has the immediate realization that if the people in the market are dead, then her family may be dead too. So she rushes home and discovers that everyone she loves has died at death's hands, and before he leaves, He uses his power to topple every standing structure. Lazarus makes it her mission to find him and try to stop him. So Lazarus has a unique ability. It's immortality. 
she encounters death again a few months after he destroys her life. She's been stalking him and he kills her by breaking her neck twice, which is super perplexing to him because he can feel souls and hers feels different. Uh, but after being killed twice by death, she is super pissed off. And so now Lazarus is a woman on a mission. She is determined to stop death from destroying all of humanity. And so she uses a map to try to figure out which town he's going to hit next. And she beats death to Lexington, Kentucky, where she's able to coordinate with the town's officials to take down death. And they successfully kill him quote unquote, kill him by hitting him with so many arrows that he looks like a porcupine, but death won't stay dead. And Lazarus is the only person who can touch him without it killing her. And so she totes him out of town in a cart that's hitched to her bicycle and she rides until she can't ride anymore. And death begins the process of regenerating himself. And he comes to with Lazarus pressing a knife to his throat. And so they have a fun little reunion where she threatens him and he flips their positions and questions why she's so determined to save humanity. And she demands that it's not their time. And he tries to kill her by sucking out her life force. But it turns out that doing that makes him feel things and he doesn't like it. It is unsettling to him. And so they part and over the course of the next few months they repeat this pattern lazarus tries to warn towns sometimes she succeeds most of the time death beats her and their interactions start to change so it seems that death kind of enjoys their interactions and he gives her his name he gives her several names actually but he says to you i am thanatos and so he takes to calling her kismet his fate he suggests that they stop fighting each other and that she join him, which she declines. And they have a few more run-ins and finally Thanatos declares that Lazarus will be his. Her time runs out in San Antonio when death creates revenants to keep her from escaping and he claims her. He finds a rundown home to keep her at and he uses his other powers to create a barrier that will keep her confined to the area. And he discovers horrible things about humans, like that they get hungry and cold he also discovers that he likes keeping Lazarus warm. And so the next day he ties her to a chair and leaves her to go find supplies to keep humans alive. And while gone, the other three horsemen arrive and they are pleased to have found death's woman. It means that they have a chance at saving the world as human women and love are what deterred them from their causes, AKA mass death. And so pestilence and war no longer have their immortality, but famine still does because he didn't actually find humanity worth saving. He just loves his woman. And so death returns. And while he and famine are fighting it out, Lazarus escapes and she plans to run and run and get as far away as she can. But as she's running through a town that's been hit by death, full of dead people, she hears crying and she stops. She discovers a baby boy in a crib, his parents dead, and decides to save him. So her mission shifts. Rather than saving humanity, she's determined to save this baby boy called Ben. So she gathers supplies for him and spends the next several months settling and then fleeing when Thanatos gets too close or she spies his revenants looking for her. 
Her small bit of normalcy changes when Ben becomes sick, though. Nothing will abate his fever, and Lazarus is panicked. Pestilence finds her, and he gives her the address for where he and the other horsemen are staying nearby and encourages her to take Ben to a hospital, and so she does. And it seems that Ben has contracted meningitis, and he is dying. And that is how death finds her again, by looking through Ben's dying eyes. And so death comforts her, but he does not save Ben, though he has the ability to heal. He does give her 24 hours to prepare for Ben's death, but Lazarus, determined to save Ben, takes him to the farmhouse where the other horsemen are staying and makes a bargain. If they'll save Ben, she'll seduce Thanatos and try to save the world. So they agree. And famine heals Ben, and they leave to take him to be with their families on Vancouver Island. But this arrangement has an expiration date, and they will eventually be returning to deal with death. And if Lazarus, if Lazarus is unable to turn him from his mission. And so Lazarus allows herself to be captured. Thanatos is pleased and he begins to treat her like his queen, finding her the best places to stay, making, having his revenants make uh, delicious food for her. And she begins the process of trying to introduce Thanatos to humanity. She seduces him, but when Thanatos discovers sex, he fully embraces this part of humanity and is apparently really stellar at it. And so they share a lot of sweet moments and she tries to get him to spare some of the towns that they pass through, but this backfires spectacularly. And when they're overrun by a group of what we'll call desert pirates, Lazarus begins to question her plan for saving humanity. She's really just still desperate to keep them alive. And they make their way to the West Coast and death realizes that he loves Lazarus. And Lazarus also realizes that she loves death, but where he is open with his feelings for her, she guards hers more closely. And so death freaks out when he realizes that he's beginning to come, become more human. He starts to sleep. He eats human food and doesn't hate it. And he realizes that he may be deterred from his mission to destroy humanity. He can also feel the other horsemen coming in, closing in. And so he decides it's time. Judgment day is upon them. The horsemen close in and Lazarus is given no choice but to work with them to save humanity while they use the power they have to try to stop Thanatos. So what will happen? Are we all going to die? Is this the end? Spoilers abound. I've been waiting for this book for so long. Over a year. I didn't it's realize been, it had been so long. I didn't either, but it felt like forever. Because mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, it, like it actually was forever. <laughs> so worth the wait, though. Oh, gosh. But now I'm sad that it's over. I know. Me too. I want there to be like a book. Like, where's the fifth horseman? <laughs> it's just, it's depressing because these books were so unexpectedly good they really really were like I absolutely did not expect it like I looked at the cover I read the review for pestilence and I was like this looks ridiculous and then I and then I read it and I was like this is fantastic yes I if pestilence had not been free in the kindle store I would not have purchased it 
Yep. And then I wouldn't have enjoyed all of the other books that have come. And I would like, I recommend this book to so many people, my friend, Alex in Texas, um, she's my, my school wife. And I was like, Alex, you got to read this book. And she finished death before I did this week. Like it's, they're just, they've been such a, a joy. I don't know, a joy. I, they've just been so good. So I'm sad that they are finished. Me too. I would not ever look at post-apocalyptic fantasy romance and think, wow, that's my jam. Right. I've never been so happy to be wrong about something. Yes. Oh, it's so, it was so great. And all the horsemen are just sweethearts in the end. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So I'm not going to lie. I was worried for a little bit that this was not going to have a happily ever after. Yeah, I was kind of worried that the world was actually going to end. And then I was thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, if this is what happens, where do we go from here? Like, do, are we like happily ever after in heaven? Mm-hmm. How does this work? Yeah, I was definitely concerned. I really, yeah, I really did think it was going to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Especially when she dies and he's yeah. just like, well, I guess I'll just take her. To- I mean, that's not, you know, he's like, I guess I'll just deliver her soul. Yeah. It's my duty. I, mm-hmm. like, come on, death. I was really worried. Mm-hmm. That And that might have been around the time that I started crying too. I don't know. It was just, I, she, right up until the, oh, right up until the end, I was thinking, oh man. This is not going to end how I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But it did. It was, and then that epilogue, did. we still got a happily ever after. Like it, it was still okay. And we got like an intern- eternity of happily ever after too. Like the epilogue was perfect. Oh yeah, it really was. Like you know, like they I all think- end up together. That was a really good epilogue. Like it definitely closed out the book and the series really well there wasn't any room for doubt or questioning what happened with our characters mm-hmm. Lazarus I, dies and is greeted by death when he dies too and it's just a very nice wrap up yeah and I cried I was like oh yeah but it was it was such like such a perfect wrap up yeah I yeah even though I'm sad it was over, I love the way that she ended things. You know, sometimes you read epilogues and you're like, I need more. Mm-hmm. I need an epilogue to this epilogue. Yes, I need multiple epilogues. I did not get that vibe with this. Like, I was very pleased with how she wrapped things up. Mm-hmm. Like, all so of the characters sad. had peace at the end, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. they all lived their happy mortal lives. They all lived to old age. They had kids. They had grandkids. And then at the end, they're still all together again in heaven. And it's just mm-hmm. for the afterlife. I don't know if they call it heaven or not in this, but yeah. So yeah. I I really liked that too. Mm-hmm. I was so I was trying to remember how famine ended. Yeah. Uh I, I still don't really understand how. Because I want to say at the end of famine, death kind of kidnaps famine's woman, Anna, Anna. Yeah. Or something. 
I couldn't remember. I need to read it again. Yeah. And he ends up with all of the other horsemen's women. Yeah. So clearly things work out. Yeah. I know. I was thinking that too. I was like, I don't, I don't remember how famine ended. Like I need to go back and reread that one. Yeah. I I was also thinking that death was mm, kind of like a giant dick based on what happened at the end of famine. And he's not. He is such a sweetheart. Oh my God. He's a sweetheart. He's very sweet and considerate and thoughtful. He's just a guy doing a job that he hates, but does it anyway, because he doesn't think he has any other options and he wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. And that's a struggle that I find very relatable. And he, um, He's lonely because he kills everyone, you know, like, yeah. and then Lazarus shows up and he's like, we can be together, you know, like, I can't kill you. Yeah, I can't kill you. <sighs> yeah. So he he's just, he was a sweet, oh gosh. I and felt I, so bad for him. Yes, me too. And then I felt like in comparison to the other horsemen, so I know he like killed Lazarus a bunch, like, yeah, that was pretty brutal. You just kept snapping her neck. <laughs> Man, this is not good flirting. This is not how you do this. I know you're new at it, but then it's almost like a game. Like she ties him up and then he's like, ha, I'm going to snap your neck and run away. Catch me again. This is not. It becomes a game of cat and mouse. Where you murder the mouse and it just keeps coming back. This is not good flirting technique, man. He thought, he thought it was great. I mean, I remember she stopped coming after him and he's like, you stopped following me. Yeah. yeah. And it hurts him. It hurts his feelings when she's mm-hmm. not following him anymore. It was, yeah. Yeah, bless his heart. So sweet. Bless his heart. But even compared to, I mean, like, if you look back at him compared to Pestilence, I mean, Pestilence was a jerk. Well... At first, right? He like tied her up. Okay, but wait. And dragged. I mean, I understand why, right? She, she did. shot him and set him on fire. Yes, but Lazarus didn't set him on set Beth on fire, but she did like shoot him full, help shoot him full of arrows. Well, she did, but she also like drove him out of town, and then yeah, I mean, she didn't set him on fire though. Yes, I don't know. But- yes, yeah, I get it. Yeah, death seemed more like, yeah, he killed her a whole bunch, but he was also, like, more accepting of his feelings right off the bat, almost, Mm -hmm. because he recognized her for what she is. He's like, well, I don't like this. Yeah. And then it goes on, and he's like, well, I guess I like this. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Famine is still a dick. Oh, yeah. War ended up being pretty sweet in, like, a grunty, dominant male sort of way yeah I don't know they all ended up being they all end up being kind of sweet yeah the way that he talks to her the words that he says to her after so they do this cat and mouse thing for several months but then she finally like submits basically she makes that deal with the horsemen so that they'll protect um Ben which mm-hmm. obviously makes death super happy but when they're to like they're actually together 
they're just so the words that he says to her are sweet like even when they're not when like he he so he kidnaps her that first time before she has been and um he says i don't understand why but i want to be close to you i want to hold you when you say you are cold he doesn't even understand his feelings but he wants to keep her safe and love on her and then uh he says um my god kismet you feel better than words can tell like he calls her kismet which is the most adorable little nickname and she's like i don't even know what that means which is shocking to him he says that means fate like she's his fate how sweet is that i know and he calls her kismet like almost right off the bat yes but speaking of really sweet things that he says, he also says this to her. I want to see the expression your face makes when it's happy. I don't know why, but I do. I have seen you angry and hateful and disappointed and sad. So sad, Lazarus. I want you to see, I want to see what stokes the fire in your soul of yours and lights you up from within. Mm-hmm. He says, if I could, I would devour that laughter of yours. There is nothing sweeter. Like, ah. Oh! Oh, or when he's talking about how, like, she stops following him and he, like, lives off of um, their the memories or mm-hmm. their interaction. He goes, and when those ran out, I imagined your voice and the thousand different conversations I might have with you. I yearned to hear my name fall from your lips. I yearned to see your face to touch your skin. <sighs> I highlighted yeah. so much of his dialogue. I did, too, because it was, ah, so sweet and thoughtful. God. he says when she's been hurt he says i've got you my lazarus or i've got you lazarus my lazarus Mm -hmm. i have wanted to take you from the moment i laid eyes on you it was the first human urge that ever rivaled my need to kill Uh. i mean this whole episode could just be a saying cute things that death (laughs) said to her (laughs) it's really good it's it's wonderful he says to her so he he talks about her being his example of humanity and she says i'm one person i don't think i'm a good example of humanity and he says you're wrong you are the best example Ah! my heart y'all how dare laura write somebody like this and then ruin us for other men (laughs) Yes. Mm. Ruin us for like human people. It's true. I mean. <laughs> also, though, these books are dangerous because I would totally like if this ended up being me in real life, I'd be like, I'll go with you. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, yes. no. You're the four horsemen. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> this sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> don't take me with you oh look my hands are already tied that's so weird (laughs) (laughs) how did that happen oh my yes um let's talk about this cover art right quick so i saw this and immediately thought vicky's gonna love the cover it's fantastic it came out and i posted the cover to our instagram and was like 
but you guys, Vicky is going to love this cover and not five minutes later, you texted me and you were like those wings though. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Where do they, where do authors find these people? Like where do authors find attractive men to be romance novel cover <laughs> models? Because they're all spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram, maybe there's like a modeling agency too or something that they, that they use. I don't know. Maybe so. I saw a guy on TikTok this week who was beautiful, of course, has long hair, is stupidly, stupidly muscular. And he was like, his little, um, oh shoot, what is it? Caption. His caption was like Cassie and vibes or something. And I was like, is he referencing a guitar right now? And so I went to the comments and was like, yes, he is <laughs> referencing. How do I contact this man? Uh, he knows who Cassian is. What? Yeah. So I guess maybe TikTok now too. Instagram. I don't know. Anyway. What a delight. Mm-hmm. All those glowy tattoos too. Yeah. Not well, they're not tattoos, they're runes, but still. Glyphs. Yeah, glyphs. Glyphs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's beautiful. We're planning to talk about the other books at some point, but in every single one of these, I'm halfway siding with the horsemen and their mission. Like, yeah, humanity's garbage. You you should just kill us all. A hard reset is really what we need. Turn it off, turn it back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's skewed my worldview a little bit. <laughs> I have to remind myself this isn't real. Yes. So all of the horsemen make great points, you know, yeah. when their women are like, hey, don't do this, humanity. And they're like, no, yeah, like look at what you did. Yeah. yeah. Which fair. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's been so long since I read the other ones. This was the first time I remember them talking about God being a woman, which I love. Um, and I forgot where my train of thought was going with this just now, but um, I forgot about the God being female aspect, which I super loved. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Would you start? I feel like we're the bitter people seeing things from the outside in. <laughs> would you stop them or would you just go along? I would probably just go along, especially if like that's, if they looked like that, I'll go along. Yeah. But I understand also the sentiment that they all have. I think it's famine who says something about like you because he controls plants and mm -hmm. everything who makes a comment about the environment he made a really good point in one of his speeches yeah yeah i need to read the books again oh no what a burden oh <laughs> uh, i also think that it is like spectacular how every time one of the horsemen has feelings, they're like, ew, feelings. <laughs> what is this? I don't like this. Yes. 
Oh, it's great. But those are some of the best kind of male characters. They just, because it's funny. <laughs> They're like, no, I don't want this. How dare you make me feel things? I'm going to yes. run away. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So love that for some reason. Just love that. Now, men like this in real life. Oh, God, be exhausting. Yeah. No. Mm. But <laughs> because this is not real life and it's a book and they have the, I mean, just magic vagina power of human females to get them okay with their feelings like it works out just fine and I love it mm -hmm. yeah so this has been going on now for like 26 years right the whole yeah. world is aware that the four horsemen have come right they don't really know what happened to some of them but they like are aware that they can't be killed right at the beginning like they tried so many times I remember like with pestilence it was broadcast at some point they still had like tv and stuff yeah because um I wish I could remember Sarah is it Sarah I don't remember her name I don't know um because her her like image got out so I think it was broadcast in some way oh um, yeah you're right people knew about her right um so they knew that he couldn't be killed and so in this like though this city that she goes to and she's so she realizes that okay yeah he probably can't be killed permanently but you know let's kill him anyway i'll drag him out of town yeah but the people that she's with they're like yeah we killed him we did it and it's like come on he's not did you really think it's not really that dead. easy he's gonna come back in like two hours just stop yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just the logic. I would, it, uh, yeah, just the logic. I would never, if a being like this came to the earth and was responsible for doling out death, I would never think his death would be as simple as something like that. Right. Especially because, especially with this character, his power still works even after he's dead. That awful butthead sheriff person uh in lexington goes and touches his body after lazarus is like no one touches him he's like i'll show you or i'll do what i want and he goes and touches him and instantly dies like mm -hmm. what makes you think this is gonna work it's not it's not gonna work uh but it gives them time i don't know people are dumb yeah they are people be dumb I got mm -hmm. so mad every time there were two instances that were shown in the book where Lazarus goes into towns and it's like, Hey, the horseman's coming. Y'all probably need to get out of town. And it's always men. And they're always like, you're not the boss of me. You don't tell me what to do with my town. I'm like, I know we don't believe you or the other ones who tie her up and leave her in the middle of the road for death oh like, my come gosh on. Yeah. in austin they use her as bait I'm like you guys are so dumb and they think that would stop death from coming for them too like yeah. oh if we get no no that's no. just gonna piss him off he's not yeah exactly he's not gonna take kindly to you like tying up his woman no he's uh. not 
idiots. Yeah. But I do love Lazarus. So there's one scene where she like jumps off of, I picture like a bridge, like a highway bridge. Yeah. Like an overpass. Yeah. An overpass um, to try to like land on top of death and mm-hmm. his horse. I was like, that's so badass. I love so it. Badass. I laughed out loud when I was reading that scene. Uh-huh. I was like, that is exactly how it would go, though. Like, mm-hmm. because she doesn't land perfectly. Like, you know how you picture things in your mind? It's like, it's going to work out like this. And then you do it and it's like, mm, mm, nope. This was the blooper real version of that event. Yeah. That yeah. So she like jumps over the overpass and imagined herself like landing in front of him on his horse or behind him on his horse. And she like lands on top. They fall off. They're like in the street. <laughs> he's on top of her now. Like it's not working. The only reason she's able to best him in that situation is because he's captivated by her boobs. Like <laughs> yeah, she is a badass so she's so brave mm-hmm. well also she can't die yeah which I think probably helps like if I couldn't die I would be taking so many risks I really I would mean, I'd be like I'm gonna do everything that's possibly dangerous yeah I don't know though because she I mean she can't die but she can still feel pain yeah and like things still hurt her. And so I think that, especially because you're such a, this is not going to sound nice. You're so averse, <laughs> you're so averse to experiencing pain. I can't see you. I mean, I feel like you would try something, you would get hurt and not instantly die and just be like, nope, I'm good. I tried uh, and I'm done. Uh, I meant more like things like, uh, Bungee jumping or jumping out of the plane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't have to, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if my parachute didn't open. <laughs> like, uh, I guess because you would suck. die instantly, but right. oh. I would yeah. come back. So I guess. Okay, sure. All right. Oh, oh, okay. So this immortality thing, it's handy for death for De- Lazarus because she keeps coming back. Uh, but there is this one instance. Well, there are several instances where she sustains a life ending injury and it's painful. But the one that had me the most cringy was in Austin when those dudes tie her up and leave her in the middle of a road and death kills everyone and she runs and grabs some of their knives she's like fighting with him in the air he picks her up because he can fly picks her up and tries to like take her back or whatever and she stabs him and he drops her and tries to save her i don't fully understand how he ends up dropping her and doesn't immediately know where she's at he drops her she wakes up impaled on this giant iron rod and is stuck there for days and gets to experience carry-on birds coming in and eating her. I, oh, it hurt me to read that. Yeah, it was gruesome and sounded painful, but it gave me major like Prometheus vibes. Yeah. 
you know, he, right, he loved humanity so much. He gave them fire and he was punished by being chained up and having his organs pecked out by birds Ugh. every day. It made me think that, which kind of makes sense because she keeps sacrificing herself for humans because she loves them so much. Mm-hmm. It was very Prometheus-y. Yeah. I could see that. I can't imagine surviving a situation like that over and over because she said like it's painful to move the rod is too long for her to get off of she after the birds have started eating her her body heals she's like they'll be back they won't be gone for long it's like oh that would forever change my feelings about birds yeah just be triggered anytime you've seen one (sighs) yeah i guess after they you know peck start eating your flesh while you're alive (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's bad so having magic powers living forever or living forever that being immortal is all fun and games until you get stuck in a situation where you're alive and dying at the same time and then it's real bad she like stumbles across a baby oh yeah (laughs) And it's like, this is mine now. This is so random. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not like a massive fan of like throwing babies into the middle of the story. You know, I've, I always feel like, oh, that's an epilogue sort of thing. Right. Yeah. So, but it was fine. At, you know, it was a good plot device and everything. But what I actually really liked about this is that everyone was just super accepting of her, like having this baby. They're like, oh, it's your son. Oh, you're a mother. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how they were all like, tra- like you, she describes it almost like you could see them doing the mental math and trying to figure out how she could have a baby this old from the last time they saw her to where she's at now. <laughs> like, when did you become a mom? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so why do we think? Boone survived that was something so I was texting my friend Alex about this last night and she was like I don't understand how but like what how did Ben live mm-hmm. so do you think like God kept him alive it makes the most sense considering what else happened like what we find out later you know about yeah. interset- is intercession is that what yeah intercession so that mm-hmm. that whole little bit kind of threw me a little so I hypothesize that Ben survived because God wanted to keep him alive. And I think it's because without Ben as a driving force, to me, it seems like Lazarus might have given up on trying to keep humanity alive if she if it weren't for Ben. Hmm. I, I'm a, I, like towards the end of the book, you can it kind of reads like she's getting really tired of fighting. Yeah. And I think that Ben is the force that keeps her motivated. I think that, uh, and that I, that's part of why she, she found Ben to be so special is because that's, I mean, the setup is the same way that her mom found her, right? right. She was a baby that was found after her parents had been died and Lazarus found this baby without knowing if they're like, if there's a guarantee that he's going to survive or not. Uh, he survived death once, but there's no way to know if he's immortal until he gets sick. And so I think that 
I don't know. It's a really interesting sort of setup because let me see if I can put into words what I'm thinking. So death calls Lazarus's existence and intercession to magic that's happening around them without humans being aware of it, her immortality. And so he, to me, it reads like God has created this person to manage to survive for death. It's almost like she was created for death, right? He calls her his fate because only she can survive him as a human. And so it uh, reads strangely to me. I don't know. Strangely is, I guess it's almost like there's a fail safe or a backup program built in to save the world. And it's her, it's Lazarus. And then there's a fail cell fail safe that's built into Lazarus's life to keep her motivated to save the world through death. So I don't, I don't know. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, God's like intervention here is so confusing to me a little bit because God's like, okay, humans are all awful. I'm going to send my four horsemen down there to destroy all of them. But you all also have a lady waiting for you down there. They will be marked some way with a angelic symbol and they will change your mind. So go forth. Like, yeah, it's kind of a bizarre thing. I think, um, for that when God could just, you know, be like, okay, end of the world. But yeah, she built in these like cheat codes basically mm-hmm. of how to avoid the apocalypse. Yeah. So, and you think it would be something more along the lines of humanity has to come together and prove their worth. Yeah. Right. But really it's just four women have to convince the horsemen that, you know, don't kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're worthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I thought that was kind of bizarre, but interesting. Um, I don't, I don't think without Ben that Lazarus would have stayed motivated to try to keep convincing death to save humanity, especially after that incident with her mom, where yes. death, she realizes that death can resurrect people so she pleads with him to resurrect her mother and he does and of course it's terrible because she's been brought back to life when she was happily dead and in the after afterlife and she sort of realizes that what death has been saying all along is true that like yes death is an ending but it's like not a big deal and things are actually much better for people when they die and all of this suffering ends and all of this stuff like that gets reinforced to her at that point and she has all that guilt associated with resurrecting her mom so I think that if it weren't for Ben being the driving force trying to keep him alive that she would have stopped trying I agree and there's no way there's no other way she would have surrendered to death either yeah you know Mm-hmm. She's given this task of, yes, we will take care of your baby, but you have to seduce death. Yeah. Which also, though, that's, eh, okay. 
was gonna say that's not very nice yeah (laughs) you know it works bargaining with babies is not really fair yeah I mean like what are you gonna do say no well all right I guess we'll toss your baby to (laughs) death like what okay there's not really a choice there yeah gosh the more I think it's not that that feels like coercion Mm -hmm. I don't love that death didn't coerce her but she kind of wasn't given a choice either which is not really consent is it no but she mentioned several times she says something like oh I should be alarmed or something at how like unfazed I am about going off to spend like time with death yeah um I mean she's attracted to death and she mentions that before she decides to surrender herself to him Mm -hmm. um she just doesn't she also doesn't want to be captured by him either so yeah I wonder if some of that instinct to flee is just sort of like hardwire instinct to survival because that's something that all of the animals do when death is nearby too there's a wave of animals fleeing in his presence so I wonder if part of her instinct to always escape and run away is just natural instinct yeah, she does mention that she feels a force coming from him. Yeah. That makes her uncomfortable. At least in the very beginning. Um, makes her tense more. And then it's natural run from death. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So we've mentioned them a couple of times. In this book, our previous horsemen come back. Pestilence or Victor. Mm-hmm as he now prefers to be called, and war and famine return. Famine is still a dick. (laughs) Uh, Pestilence and war have hit like middle age, which is a super cute look. Love that. Um, I still love pestilence. Me too. I, I think he's my favorite as much as I love death. Right. Yeah. As much as I, I love this book, I just, there's something about pestilence. You're so cute. And he was like, you know, it's, his book is kind of humorous. Yeah. Like he's so curious about humans. Like that one scene where he like stares and watches that like old couple die. Okay. But save it for when we talk about pestilence. Sorry. No worries. But yes. Yeah. He is cute. He's, I think the most thoughtful of the horseman that we've run into, even in this book, he, he like checks on Lazarus and is like, are you okay? Like he questions death. What have you done to her? He doesn't even know her and he's very protective of her, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. He's super like, he's I, just like a dad, you know? So when he comes to check on her, when Ben is sick, he's like, He's sick. You need to take him to the doctor because she's panicking. It's like, good looking out, daddy. You're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just very, he's very sweet. And I love him. Me too. There's one part where she says, like, so he hugs her mm-hmm. and she says this big bear of a man but in my head, I'm still imagining Pestilence as he is on the cover of his book, which is this like lean dude um, with abs and long hair and stuff. Um, yeah. 
but like so bear so but boar to me would be like bear of a man yeah because i imagine Uh, war as being really bulky bulky yes yeah so maybe pestilence developed a taste for human foods or victor maybe victor likes human foods now and he's kind of bulked up maybe gotten a little thick (laughs) i have a hard time superimposing my image of an aged like a middle-aged pestilence on the cover of the book right kind of imagining that but with like streaks of white or silver hair (laughs) graying maybe a little bit i don't know it's weird i struggle with that image me too now war i can see being older yeah i don't know i don't know um yeah so pestilence is still just like so sweet i forgot famine was famine is hysterical he's really adapted to like taking up human phrases and things like that which is super his sarcasm and snark he really embraced humanity in that manner which is hysterical he's such a dick (laughs) (laughs) i think it's like the fifth time you said that about him he is like it's funny he is of the horsemen he's probably the funniest Mm -hmm. but man i just forgot pestilence is a sweetie so you mentioned this later in our notes and i saw i saw this in one of the groups on facebook about this if you were gonna bang marry kill or befriend the horseman what would you choose that's so tough i would i could i could kill war he was my least favorite like okay bye war but uh, I see. Can I just have all of them? Yes. This is why choose reverse harem. <laughs> yep. Welcome to our why choose. We're going to bang, marry, and befriend all of them. I wouldn't want to kill any of them. I would definitely want to marry pestilence. Yeah, pestilence is cute. And then famine. He was like kinky with his sex. oh my gosh she was super hot definitely bang mm-hmm. that one yep i wouldn't kill any of them i would marry all of them <laughs> somebody Please. should write a reverse harem with a four horsemen. Mm-hmm. what a delight that would be i can't really see famine sharing though I don't know. Someone out there, write that fanfic for us. Write that. I bet it's out there. (laughs) Everything is out there. I bet it's out there. Also, I hate for, so Lazarus really tries to convince him to keep other people alive. She's like, just don't, don't, don't kill him yet. Just wait. (laughs) Let's just try. Let's see. And it, it blows up in her face 
multiple times. Like, don't just wait, don't kill them. And then she gets shot in the heart with an arrow and dies in front of death and it breaks his heart because he doesn't like seeing her suffer. Also, she sacrifices herself for him. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, at one point she talks about like going in with like an attitude, hoping for the best of humanity. And it's like, oh girl, no, (laughs) you should we've moved past the the best in humanity at this point. Like there there's, you should expect the worst. Yeah. Oh, poor death. Poor death. And then when they're attacked by the desert pirates, um, I do love how she's like, "Mm, my boyfriend is death and you're going to suffer for all of this stuff that you've done to me. Uh, And I love that he gets really like vengeful though. Like he, not only does he just kill people, but like he makes them suffer, which is a new situation. Typically it's just like a wave of death. Everyone hits the ground, but after they're attacked by the desert pirates and uh, Lazarus has been tortured a little bit and beaten. Yeah, death, death starts to revel in death a little bit. Yeah, we get to see this vengeful side of him. Venge, vengeful death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lazarus at one point says, "Oh, I think I've, I think I've I think I've tr- turned him into like the worst of humanity." At this point, <laughs> I was like, "Um, yeah, maybe a little." yeah so it's interesting because he seems to get more human as it goes on right like he starts sleeping mm-hmm. which is this big thing he eats at first he doesn't like it but then he starts to actually eat right yes yeah they make their does she call it soul bread yes that's that yeah. really a cute scene mm-hmm. yeah so he starts doing more human things and she says that normally so when they're ambushed by those desert pirates um that he seemed to have to like focus his powers and said like before you just think and it would be whatever they would die mm-hmm. um so was he just my question is would he eventually just kind they eventually just kind of become more and more human i don't know Right? Like, if they had continued the way that they were, he was, he, I don't know. It kind of implies that a very tiny bit, like, to me. Yeah. But you know, then they, you know, they have to lose their immortality and become mortal. And then they're definitely human. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's just interesting that, especially when she says, that he had to focus his powers in order to kill yeah those people yeah i don't know if embracing humanity a little bit more um would eventually diminish their powers or if it's just kind of i don't know i don't know I love how the one part of humanity that he's super cool with embracing is sex. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Who wouldn't be cool with embracing that? So. (laughs) 
it's yeah not like you know one of the best parts yeah food and sex it's yeah do you need anything else yeah yeah so that was that was just pretty great um that oh sorry go ahead I was gonna say that blowjob oh my gosh should we just go ahead and talk about all of the sex in the book now since we're here sure let's, let's talk it. about sex the blowjob mm-hmm. lord have mercy it was sexy it was obviously. sexy and then it was it was just it kind of made me laugh a little bit when he was like about to orgasm and he's like what's happening i know i laughed out loud like how <laughs> hysterical i yeah <laughs> when you don't know what's gonna happen man it's so good and she felt really empowered in that situation, which I love for her too. But that, I mean, it was hot and then it was funny. Yes. And I think it's the next day or no, maybe it's still that day when he wants to return the favor and he's mm-hmm. like, it, would you do the same thing? Like, would you have the same reaction? Mm-hmm. And she has to explain that her anatomy is a little different. So it's not, you know exactly what it is mm-hmm. but he's so eager to learn her body and make yes her I love how ready and willing he is to explore mm-hmm. her to discover what she enjoys um and I, this is how we know it's really fantasy it's because he is super great on first attempt at sex and that is never the case <laughs> yeah uh yes yeah now I'm at so- one point she's super frustrated with it too because he's like was it like are you okay and she says if I wasn't so mind-blowingly satisfied I'd be annoyed at the sheer audacity death has to not fuck up the most fuck upable <laughs> first time act <laughs> <laughs> I really like at one point he says what I um I may not have experience or whatever but I make up with it for enth- with my enthusiasm <laughs> Yes. We like enthusiasm. Bring that energy to this situation. It's so good. And then, um, like, so they find this house to have sex in and he unleashes his powers. She walks out of the house and it's like vined over. Yes. The ground is literally shaking. There's lightning. Like, all of, there's fearsome noises over the rain. Mm-hmm. My goodness. What an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was, it was great. They have, they have aerial sex. Mm-hmm. This is not the first time we've seen this in a Laura at the Lassa book. This happens in the bargainer. We also get desert sex in the bargainer, which we get in this book too. And in this book, we get ocean sex. Mm-hmm. And I have some questions. How does one have sex in the air? Like where does, cause you don't have anything to get traction on. So like, it's the thrusting motion coming from just his pelvis. Are they like, is he like, do <laughs> maybe it's like a grinding motion maybe is it like short little flaps to create like the (laughs) the the in and out like is that where that's coming from what's happening here is he just using his arms because if he is and he's flying at the same time oh my gosh the strength 
is impressive. The coordination. Uh, truly, the coordination would be outstanding to fly and bone in the air at the same time. Wow. I would not have the coordination for that at all. I would be terrified of falling. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I sure wouldn't have the coordination of that either for that. Um, so desert sex. Okay. They have things to lay on. Not mad about that. And then ocean sex. Mm -hmm. I just kept thinking, this is how you get sand in your vagina. Yeah, it didn't sound very pleasant. Sounded like the potential for an irritant. Mm -hmm. Especially because it's in like the off the coast of California. Is that the Pacific Ocean? Yes. I think it's the yes, Pacific. it's the Pacific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Pacific Ocean, cold. It's not like the Gulf of Mexico, where the water's at least kind of warm. Having ocean sex and cold water. Mm. Yeah. I think I think it would it, things would be a little tense from a vagina perspective. Yes. But what do I know? I've never tried. I've never been to the Pacific Ocean. Somebody, somebody uh, test this and, and let us know. Um, oh, and there's a bath scene. She always has a bath scene. I was worried we weren't going to get one. Um, I even actually said something to um, Tito when I was reading. I was like, yes, the bath scene finally happened. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one, whether it's like a sex thing or uh, just bonding. They're bathing each other or something. It's She's got one in all of them, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. I am way cooler with a bath scene than I am a shower scene. There is no way to make shower sex work. Well, but baths, a little friendlier. Um, their, their scene in the bath was really cute, too, because he's never seen a bath. Like, he doesn't know what a bath is. And so they have, like, this really sweet, it's, like, warm, and she's very they're comforting for each other. Like it's a sweet scene for them. Mm -hmm. So I liked that. It's not big enough for his wings, but speaking of wings, mm -hmm. she mentioned several times that she can hear his wings, like being dragged across the floor or something. Mm -hmm. The sound of his wings wrestling across the floor and every time I read that, I thought that's bad wing etiquette. You need to pick your wings up, dude. Yeah. And I blame Sarah J. Mass for this. <laughs> and Illyrian doesn't let their wings jag. It's a sign of laziness. Mm -hmm. Pick your wings up. And maybe I, his wings might be just so massive that it's not possible. But every time I read that, I thought that's bad wing etiquette. You're going to get stuff in your wings scrape up the floor <laughs> i mean you might get a splinter mm -hmm. your feathers are gonna get dirty they're gonna bend you don't want that <laughs> also so in a lot of the other books where the characters have wings they talk about how i mean the the wings are super sensitive like it's almost a route it is it's very intimate to touch another person's wings and it's arousing during intercourse. Like they're very sensitive 
and often used like during sex. Um, and so she mentions a few times how death will like shiver or he seems to enjoy having his wings touch. I wish she had explored a little bit more from his, so I honestly, I wish that there had been more chapters from his perspective. Me too. But I wish that she had explored more, at least for death, whether through his perspective or him telling Lazarus what it felt like to have his wings stimulated. Mm -hmm. He says something at one point about like her feet being on his wings. Mm Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we don't really get in. Like, I want to know. I'm. I need to know. This is mm-hmm. my jam. Tell me about the wings. Some wing play. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke them. Yeah. Something. Yes. Yeah. And based on, I mean, we know he must have a pretty expansive wingspan, based mm-hmm. on how many times Lazarus talks about his gigantic penis. So <laughs> there's that too. Mm-hmm the verbal foreplay in this book is freaking hot so the things that lazarus says no the things that death says to lazarus are like perfect he says to her i'll do what i want kismet and you'll endure it okay daddy yes and he says uh, must I bring down rain and lightning or draw the roots and the dead up from the ground or make the earth quake and buildings fall to remind you who I am? I set my sights on you a year ago, but I haven't fully taken you. Not yet. So lay back, Kismet, and let me show you what it means to be mine. Whoo! Lord! My heavens. Yeah. How do you learn where to say such things? Yeah. How'd you get so good at being like seductive? Mm. Death? Yeah. So this man and his words, it is good. Um, I wanted to, oh yeah, let's go back to this point about Ben and being in the hospital because you made a good comment about it. So uh, when Lazarus takes Ben to the hospital, she asks the doctor, like what they, so they give him some medication and it doesn't work. And so she's like, okay, so what else do we do? And the doctor tells her to pray about it. You have some feelings about this, right? Yes, I think that's such an awful thing to say to somebody in one of these times. So it's, I mean, especially if the person isn't religious, could you imagine just being like, oh, just pray? Yeah. What? You could just say no. Honestly, I would prefer an answer of just no than somebody telling me to pray. Or you could say like, just keep having hope or something like that. Something, I don't know. Yes. Like, and I mean, especially in this situation where, you know, God sent the four horsemen to kill everyone. Yeah. What I are think you praying to? Who? Yeah. Or I who? mean, like we've moved past the point of prayer at this point. God has decided to start an apocalypse to end humanity. That's that's the person that we're praying to. They've moved on. It's not about saving the babies anymore. Like this is the end. So that answer is not not comforting or helpful. 
And I love how Lazarus is like, what? No, yeah. we've moved on. The same God that called down the apocalypse? No, I don't know about that answer anymore. Yeah. You liked the skeletal butlers? I loved that. I loved that imagery. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like this image of just like skeletons. Because I, I think they even like mentioned that they smile at her, but just these skeletons that are like cooking stew or something, you know? <laughs> it just it cracked me up in my head. This and I understand she's obviously disturbed by it. And I feel like in real life I'd probably be really disturbed if like skeletons yeah. were walking around, but the imagery for this I like my brain. Yes, I like how she makes a comment about not finding a bone in her dinner. That would be a bit concern. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So, I guess we should talk about going to California and the end of the world. All right. Talk to us. So they make their way to Los Angeles, which I mean, I guess is a fitting location, the city of angels for the last judgment and the end end of the world, because all of the horsemen who are angels, they come together. Um, So Thanatos has this moment. He wakes up from sleep and it's like, oh gosh, I was asleep. Cue existential crisis it's like oh no i like bread i fell asleep this is bad (laughs) i'm being manipulated like i'm being deterred from my job it is time to just end it all for everybody okay dude it's just bread but you can calm down no um this is the end so he pulls away a little bit from Lazarus at that moment like she wakes up and he's acting strange she's like I don't know what's going on um she's instantly afraid that Ben is dead and he's like no Ben's still alive okay Uh, but this is when all of the horsemen show up too and so this is the end of the world as we know it Uh, cue very dramatic scene. So the rest of the horsemen show up and, um, death is like, Nope, it's time we're going down. And he makes these comments to Lazarus about how he hopes that she'll forgive him. And she's going to see everything's going to be okay. And his, like his speech through this whole book to her, when she's upset about people dying, it's like, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, the people who die are better off. Like the afterlife is way better. Their suffering ends. It's not really an ending. It's just a transition or a transmutation. Like it's really not that big of a deal. Um, so that's been his viewpoint up to now. And so cue battle between three horsemen and Lazarus, because obviously she's not going to jump on his side and Thanatos, he's up in the sky, you know, like calling down the elements, trying to stop pestilence and war and famine from defeating him. And um, they're dying. So they're overpowered and they're dying, which cue me being upset because they're my boys and I don't want you to hurt them. Um, And so Lazarus is given this moment. 
And she has this like flash of lightning, random thing that we don't really understand what is happening. Um, but she, she has this final confrontation with Thanatos and she's got her knife and he's like, you're going to hurt me. Like he feels betrayed. And she turns the knife on herself and stabs herself in the chest and effectively killing it. Like this is the end for her and she's not regenerating. And Thanatos is panicking because she has always, he's like, why would you do that? And then he's like, oh no, this is really the end. What? Like, this is the end. What are you doing? You are supposed to be immortal. And so she dies. And it's, I think I started crying around that moment because I, I was just, I was shocked. Like, this is the type of scene that I love when it had, like I, for some reason, I don't know why I am this way, but I love it when the female character like throws herself on the sword to get the male character to pull his head out. And I don't know why I'm like this. And that doesn't like, I'm not, it doesn't often happen in books that I could think of, but it does in this one. And I was like, (gasps) So this happened and I'm like screaming. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I think one of the reasons maybe we love it so much is because then it's normally followed by like a chapter of from the male character's point of view of just being like in such shock and grief and feelings that we're like, ha, you have feelings and you have to terms with them. (laughs) Now you are experiencing these feelings appropriately. Yeah. Maybe that is it. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's it because that's what happens. Thanatos is like, oh, this is grief. This is, this is sadness. He's been so casual about death up to this point, but that was when he thought that the person that he loved couldn't actually die. And so when she does, He's not cool about it anymore because loss sucks. And even like he can recognize like the afterlife is going to be a better, better place for her. He knows it. That's his, that's his jam jam. Like it sucks. And he has to experience that for the first time. And so even up to this point though, He's still like, okay, it's my duty and I love her. So I'll escort her to the afterlife, which is heartbreaking because now he's sad. I'm sad. You're sad. Like it was hard to read. And finally he, he looks at this rune or glyph he has on his chest that means love. And he was confusing life and love or something. And he decides like, So he propositions her and he's like, well, what do you think about like not really being dead anymore? (laughs) (laughs) You guys, we are like five minutes from the book being over. And I am thinking at this point, like, okay, the world is going to end. And finally he's like, no, no, no. What if we, what if we change, (laughs) what if we change plans? 
and you live and I stop killing people and she's like okay (laughs) okay let's do that (laughs) and I breathed a huge sigh of relief (laughs) I was I know I was so worried I was thinking while I was reading this, if it didn't have a happily ever after, like what we were going to say on this podcast, because <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so sad and upset. Yeah. <laughs> and betrayed by Laura. Yeah. I was real worried. Like I trusted my author, even if it had ended with everyone we love dying, I feel confident that she could have written it in a way that made me feel okay about it. But still, I was really hoping we weren't going for that ending. (laughs) And we didn't. So (laughs) what a relief. Um, Okay. Yeah. So so death decides not to kill everybody. Um, he becomes mortal. Famine also becomes mortal. He's still managed to kill a freaking ton of people while he was trying to end the world. It says they have to walk all the way from Los Angeles to Washington before they find living people again. That's so far. That's a pretty, it's a pretty decent jaunt there. So... His, um, I mean, like everyone in Utah, probably, I don't know. I don't know what the radius on that is. Probably up to the Midwest. Yeah. So they started in Georgia and ended, you know, basically in California, but I think then they end up in Vancouver, right? But anyway, I looked up how long it would take to walk from Georgia to California. And I was like, it is going to take so long to walk that you can walk there in four months. Wow. Right? Not that long. I wonder how long it took Forrest Gump to run. I wonder if you shave off like a week or two by running. Probably. Sorry. Go ahead. No. (laughs) That would just be so much walking. (laughs) Well, I know. They don't mention that in the book. I feel like that would be one of my things. Wait a second, but they are on a horse. Well, but she has to walk and follow him. And she rides a bike, though, too. But I, at one point, she loses the bike. Yeah. And she has to steal a bike. But, I mean, the person's dead, so I don't know. Is it grave robbing? I don't, I don't know what you consider it. Is it grave robbing if they're not in a grave and they're just dead on the street? Yeah. I don't know. Then is it then that just stealing? Is that just robbery? Yeah, is that just robbery? <laughs> I don't know nuance um (laughs) so I I think this is me I would be complaining all the time about walking my feet (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine how many pairs of shoes you'd go through walking that much oh my gosh so many Mm -hmm. I wonder what the shoe situation is like now because it's not like there are shoe factories anymore there's no electricity. She'd have to take it off of the dead bodies. Well, yeah, but that there's not been electricity for like 26 years. How have they been making shoes? Mm. By hand. People make shoes by hand. Isn't that what cobblers were? I guess. 
I thought, I mean, I guess they make shoes. Right? They stitch together all that leather and things. Yeah. Can you imagine walking across the country in a leather shoe? No. What do they make the soles out of? You can't make rubber anymore. I don't guess. I'm not really sure how rubber's made. I don't know. It just seems like it would take a lot of effort to make a shoe without electricity. <laughs> it wouldn't be like Brooks. Like if I were going to walk across the country and want a pair of Brooks or a Hoka's or something like that, not like a mm-hmm. leather shoe, your foot would get so hot. Then it'd be heavy. Questionable arch support. We're super off topic. <laughs> but these are important post-apocalyptic questions. They are. You need to start hoarding shoes now, just in case. <laughs> shoes and toilet paper, right? Yeah. Shoes and toilet paper. Well, and supply chain is going to fall apart here soon. So there you go. Start now. I loved that moment. I loved that moment that death had when he realized like, oh, death sucks. This is why she's been so upset this entire book. Because death sucks. And I feel like that's one of those things. I feel like, I don't know, not saying that other people's experiences of grief isn't valid, but my experience, like I didn't, my experience of grief was so different before my brother passed away from how it is now. So at one point, Lazarus is like, oh no, we've been having sex for days. What if I get pregnant? How is that like, how did that not occur? How is that not there? your first thing? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I don't Continue. know. Yeah. I have the same thought. Um, like what happens? Uh, and I feel like we've run into this contraception issue before with these people where it's like, oh no, I can control life. Like we're good. Mm-hmm. And so that's what death he's like, yeah, no, I can control life. Like we're good. I can't have kids. We can't have kids. And Lazarus is like, okay, great. And then he's like, but would you want to have kids with me? And she's like, no, you'd be a terrible dad. You literally kill everything. And he's hurt. <laughs> and I was like amused because of course that hurts his feelings. Like it's not something he even wants, but when she says she doesn't want it, his feelings are hurt. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. Like, oh, okay. Uh, I see how that is. Um, but, and that at the same time, I feel bad for him because he can't help it. He just, it's in his, it's in his nature to kill things. It's like a need for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that was a special little moment. <laughs> oh goodness. So this intercession moment is, it sounds like God is kind of playing around with him because Lazarus has this lightning bolt flashing behind her eyes kind of sensation. And she's not really sure what it is, but then she's mortal. And we kind of talked about earlier with Ben's life too. So I just, I'm not sure how to feel about these moments. Like they kind of are a little confusing to me. I guess, like, even though we talked about it earlier, it's still a little bit confusing to me Um, because I just don't, if you put the horsemen on earth to destroy humanity, 
why would you also put people on earth like Lazarus to interfere with them? Yeah. Like is, is the point to teach humanity a lesson or to teach the horsemen a lesson? And if, why would you want to teach the horsemen a lesson if that's the case? Especially when like God made the horsemen, yeah. it doesn't, and didn't quite give them the same amount of free will that uh, God apparently gave humans. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's still just a little bit confusing to me. Anyway, the world is saved, sort of. There's still a freaking ton of dead people. But no more are dying from by the are, hands. Of- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they make their way to Vancouver Island. And I just think it is hysterical when they get there, one of, um, one of the females, one of the horsemen's females screams, they did it. Pussy power for the win. (laughs) Yes. I love that. I read that and I thought of you and I was like, Marissa's really going to like that. I did love that like yes (laughs) I did love that moment I highlighted it like "Mm -hmm." yes it's good um so they make it to Vancouver Island and Lazarus is reunited with Ben and it's really sweet and I love how death walks up and is like he feels sort of he doesn't know if he fits in with this moment anymore and Lazarus is really reassuring of him it's like yeah no it's cool like you're safe, you're part of us, you're part of our family. I love that. I think that's really sweet. I get the feeling that death never felt like having a family was an option for him, mm-hmm. but he loves humanity so much and he dislikes his job so much. I can see how wanting a family would be something that he would really desire. Yes. So I love how reassuring for him that. Lazarus is in that moment it's a sweet moment and Ben is immediately accepting of him yeah um so life goes on the electricity comes back miraculously and we have that really great epilogue that we talked about when we started Mm -hmm. and it's sweet I was just really sad when this was over me too but it's wrapped up so so well that like even though you want more there's just not going to be anymore you know like sometimes books end and you're like oh there's still room for this that's left you know something but no everything everything's done yeah everything got wrapped up really nicely let's do our quotes yeah okay so i had two my uh the first one that i have is said by Lazarus when she's making soul bread she says sometimes I like to imagine all those women or at least I assume they were women making this recipe that in this moment I am linked to an unbroken chain of people all brought together by the joy of feeding their loved ones which I think is a great sentiment Mm -hmm. and then death goes that's not how it works and just (laughs) I get that meme in my head 
you know, whereas that, you know, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. And it made me think of that. Um, but I really like the sentiment that everyone can be connected through one thing, even though death says it's not how it works or whatever. Whatever death. Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one I picked is also Lazarus. So she's thinking about how now she's like, has to seduce death and she thinks you spent a year battling this man into changing his ways you can you can spend a year banging the change out of him <laughs> like yeah. never underestimate the power of the vagina I say power <laughs> yes <laughs> tagging along with that pussy power my favorite quote says is war saying this to death he says you put up a good fight but in the end nothing is quite as tenacious as a human woman thank you for seeing us laura thalassa thank you for that i need pussy power on a sticker or something <laughs> a pin yeah just mm -hmm. a pin with the four horsemen of the apocalypse on it or something yeah <laughs> yes yeah urge advice yeah <laughs> oh yeah there you go that's our merchandising moment <laughs> uh any final thoughts um nothing too deep <laughs> just that this was such a fantastic book and I really loved reading it sad that the series is over but glad that you know we'll be talking about the other three at some point during yes the podcast, we'll so. talk about the other three and then also I don't know if you read the afterword uh with Laura Thalassa but she mentioned that she's got a couple of new series in the work to works too uh I think one of them's paranormal and one of them is like high fantasy or features fake characters or something so either one would be something I'd be willing to read by her I love this author me too yeah I definitely read her books oh yeah all right that wraps up death by Laura Thalassa. Uh, join us next week. We will be discussing Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco. Maybe that's how you say that name. We'll, we'll know better by next week. Um, but that wraps it up. So join us next week. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.